weekdays, noon to 3 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. What do you need? What do you want? Can I not just live here without having to occasionally deal with you animals? Now, here's Christian Arcan and Tom King. I was in the plane and they handed me a letter and it was from Coach Belichick. And he wrote me the most beautiful letter, and it was only two hours ago. So we called back, we said, do you think that Mr. Trump could read that letter to the people of New Hampshire? And he said, absolutely. We're back. It's Christian E. King, ESPN New Hampshire, streaming live on ESPNNH.com. That was, of course, the voice of President-elect Donald Trump. <laughs> and uh, Bill Belichick, in his normal Wednesday press conference, was asked about that very thing. Yes, he if was. If you can believe it. He wasn't asked very many questions about it, but he was asked. Well, that's because he made it clear he wouldn't answer them. Doesn't matter. You know? I so. think you still got to ask him. I think you, I just think you're I, wasting, I, it doesn't matter. I think you're wasting time when does you do that. Does not matter. Oh, I, I think it does. I think Tom, at some point, no one in there gave a rat's ass about the Seattle Seahawks. I think it's so no one watching that right. cared at all about the Seahawks and what he thinks about Bobby Wagner or Richard Sherman or right. anything else. There was one thing we all wanted to hear about. One thing we wanted to know. Even if he said Seattle like a petulant eight year old for yep. the entire thing, you keep at you do what Steve Buckley do. You keep asking those questions. Yeah, see, I think I'm some, sorry. I think I just, at some point you got there's people down there who have work to do with this. All right. They have work to do. They actually are covering a football game. Yeah. And they need stuff from him to do their job mm-hmm. on the Seahawks. You keep at it like that with him, and he walks out. You don't get to do your job. Oh, you don't get those amazing quotes that Belichick likes Doesn't to Doesn't matter. Give when he gives quotes about the other team, and you have to write about that, you need some of that stuff. You could basically make out a Mad Lib at this point of what Belichick's going to say. It doesn't and just matter. fill in the names. Doesn't matter. And the team doesn't matter. That's not. You can do it though. No, but that's not how you do your job. I know. I understand. Okay? It's journalism and so they have to ask those questions. I get it. Sorry about that. All right. But that was. We all can't work for entertainment tonight. All right. That's the thing. Wait, we can't. <laughs> no. What then? What have I been doing you know, all this for? Unfortunately, if it we was can't. not to attract the eye of entertainment tonight. Unfortunately, some of those people down there are down there to get that stuff. And you well, they got a job to do too. Right, they? right. So let the others ask those questions, but those other football questions have to be asked. I'm sorry, they do. It's the way it is. I didn't say they didn't have. No, to No, yeah, you did because what I didn't you say s- they didn't you have said to be. Was, Nobody cares about that. I'm I said sorry. no one cared about the it. The writers true. do. They're the ones that have to ask the questions because they have to write about the game. I understand that. When that Tom. game starts Sunday night, oh my God, no one Tom. is going to care about the politics. They're going to care about who wins that game. Of course game. not, but for the five days leading up to you it, know, people are. I don't think so at this point. I think so. All right, well, I believe so. Right. Tom, it was the last thing he did before Election Day. But you know that what? Letter. I don't care who either one of them won. I know you don't. You know, I didn't say you did. What's the difference? You know, Really, when it comes down to it, what is the difference? Because people a football be, coach people are gonna care at about the 11th it. hour yeah. made a presidential endorsement. That's news. That's a story. That's just yes, as much a story exactly. as the game on Sunday. But I'm five sorry. five days from now, it's not going to be. But it is right now. Yeah, I know. I understand that. But at the same time, those press conferences aren't five minutes long. 
They're that length for an issue. You can ask whatever question you want. And they did. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't want to answer, he doesn't have to. But the football questions have to be asked. I didn't say they didn't. I thought there would be more questions about this. When you more than get just to the point, look, when you get to the point where he's not going to answer them, you're wasting everybody else's time because they have to ask those football questions. All right? They have to be asked. So then they'll ask a football question. He won't answer it. What's the difference? Because you need that information from him. People want the information from him about the other stuff, too, uh, Tom. People... It's not like that's the only question he won't answer. Yes, but not the people who are doing the sports work. All so right? why is the sports work more important than the other work? It's not, but they have to ha- be able to do it. So he... do the other people, Tom. If There's he... everyone there doing Look, a job. No, here's the thing. If he walks off, okay... And does it give you what you need for the football? Then He's, all those people who were there to get a story about him and the politics, they don't get a story either. They weren't no going to anyway because he wasn't going to answer you it. You still got to ask the question. Not, That's the job. That's you the you don't thing. don't waste the time of the press conference over and over again. Three or four questions were asked. He answered it the same way. You don't beat a dead horse like that when there's other football questions that have to be asked. I'm sorry. You don't. People beat the same dead horse with football questions, too, though. They do, but they still have stories that they but have to write. I understand that. So do the other people, Tom. But Their they're not going to get an important. answer from him. They won't get them on the football questions Yes, they will. The time. No, they don't, They Tom. did Come on. today. Today, yeah, because Bill was ready to talk about anything. Now, they'll get football questions about the other team. That's what they're there to talk about. All right? Not and always. He will. Not always. The other team, yes, you're right. This that's week, not yes, but that's what they got. And that's what they need to get from him. They don't talk to him again until Friday. He doesn't talk tomorrow. I know. They have their jobs to do, too. They can ask him questions on Friday, too, can't they? But it's too late for that. They need the stuff now. You don't understand. When I you do have to write a dance Tom. copy, you don't do it on Friday. You've got to do it midweek because you've got so much advanced okay. copy to write. And that's fine. And that's your job. But you're looking at this through the prism of your own no, job I'm and not, not the other people who are I'm there. I'm looking at it with common sense. If you waste all that time in the press conference. All what time? If it you, doesn't take more than 10 seconds to ask a question. If you, if you waste the time, okay, and you're not getting an answer from them. Don't keep don't keep beating the dead horse like that. All right, don't because then you won't get to ask your Richard Sherman question. I mean, because that, then eventually he's just going to say, "Okay, that's it. I'm out of here." Okay, and then you're going to lose the chance to do it. Well, that's more of a problem with him, then, isn't it? No, it's a problem for you because you know what's going to happen. The guy's going to walk because, off the stage, not not do what he's paid look, to do. Look, and I've go told you this example before. I've questions. told you this example before, where we have <laughs> we got to play that. We, we have interviews. Though. That we do, and as someone comes in and asks a question that's really off the wall, and you the get guy, really butthurt about it. We know and the Tom guy goes, and the guy goes, "Well, that's it. I'm out." We call him the closer. All right, because then it, we we don't get to do our jobs. Okay, the rest but of that us. person isn't shutting down the press conference. Bill Belichick is. No, but that person causes Belichick to shut the press conference down because of that, and you know that that's Bill a Belichick's an adult. It, not, he doesn't act like that with, with this. So all then, right? what you, then who are you mad at, Tom? Really? What I'm mad. I'm not. What I'm mad at is the idea that the only questions in this press conference that should be asked was about the, the freaking election. I did not say that. You implied that very heavily. I didn't say heavily. that was the only ones. I thought that there would be more. That's all. They're not going to get an answer. I didn't answer. say there should be no football so they, questions. Don't put so words in my mouth. they don't waste their time. You know? 
That's just it. I do think more people were interested in that and cared about that and would have liked to have hear him give an answer about it. And I think that's a reason why you keep asking the question, even if he blows you off the first couple of times. <laughs> you said it yourself, no. Tom. At the end of the press conference, he actually answered yes, in a little be- more detail. Right, and that was... If that guy had listened to you, then he wouldn't have gotten that quote. Right, but here's the thing. Oh, he's beating a dead horse. No, here's the thing. You got him talking about the Seattle team. You got him talking. You got him engaged. You so got you got to warm him up first. Exactly. He's like an old, like an old Volvo. You got to play it. <laughs> You got to know how to play it. Okay. All right? You really do. You know? Look, Christian, I've been down there. I've been through all these. Okay? For since 2000. You got to know how to play them. All right? Buckley with that long-winded. Great question. Long-winded question. I mean, come on. Bill, what effect do you think this endorsement's going to have in the locker room? Bingo! That's it. That's how you ask it. Seattle. Okay, next question. Somebody else asked a similar question. Seattle. All right, then the if football Bill had let him just started. ask the question instead of interrupting him, it probably wouldn't have taken so long. And also, as long-winded as the question was, it took him about 12 seconds to ask the question in a 15-minute press conference. So yep. spare me about, you know, wasting everyone's time. No, 12 but, seconds? Come on. No, it's just, it was just so long-winded. You weren't going to get anything. Okay, but the overall amount of time that the press conference <laughs> said it was a very small portion look, of it. Look, so that wasn't wasting time. Look, it really wasn't. The press conference went exactly how I thought it would, except that he addressed so it. It went how I thought it would, too. Except he addressed it earlier. Early. All right. But don't go disparaging the people that ask the football I questions. I didn't yes, disparage you did. him. I didn't. Yes, you did. You're wrong. No. You are wrong. You did. I did not. Yes, you I did. I said I thought yeah, there would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, you did. I thought there would be more questions about the other thing. There were plenty of questions. What else are you going to ask? How many other different ways do you ask that question? Did him asking at the end not yield a question let's, when he didn't in the beginning? Let's did hear you? the whole thing. All right, let's okay? listen to it. No, let's keep arguing about it. <laughs> Here's uh, Bill Belichick from earlier this morning. All right. Um, this is really a uh, you know big week for us. Um, you know, watching Seattle, we've had a lot of chance to watch them, um, you know, going all the way back to last week and uh, certainly through the weekend this week. Um, you know, there's no team uh, or organization that I have more respect for than the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think that... Uh, John and Pete have uh, done a tremendous job uh, with that organization. Um, spent and we spent a lot of time studying uh, what they do, both uh, on the field and in terms of their their building, team building. Um, certainly learned a lot from them uh, from the outside, obviously. Uh, but a tremendous respect for Pete, um, the way he coaches the team, the way they play. They have great physical toughness, mental toughness. Uh, they compete extremely hard. Um, you know, one of the best, one of the best teams, uh, one of the best organizations that you know I've gone up against in my coaching career. I just have tremendous respect for them. They have great players uh, in all three phases of the game. Um, they have a big challenge for us. They have tremendous talent, and they play hard, and they're tough. So, um, you know, really kind of no weaknesses. Uh, can run the ball, stop the run. They can throw it. They can defend it. Cover kicks, return kicks, um, I mean, you name it. They do it for 60 minutes. They do it every week. They do it against everybody, wherever they play, whoever they play, whatever the situation is. There's just no there's no plays off with these guys. And uh, uh, as I said, I think it's obviously a, a very good football team, tough football team, and a team that we have tremendous respect for. So... It's going to be a big challenge for us this week to have a great week of preparation. 
be able to follow that up with um, you know, a strong performance Sunday night, uh, which we know that's what it's going to take, and that's what we're, we're pointing to. Um, I've uh, received a number of uh, inquiries um, relative to a, a note that I wrote to uh, Donald on Monday. Um, our friendship goes back many years, uh, and I think anybody that's spent more than five minutes with me knows I'm not a political person. Uh, my comments are not politically motivated. I have a friendship and a loyalty to Donald. A couple weeks ago, we had uh, Secretary of State Kerry in our locker room. It's another friend of mine. can't imagine two people with more different political views than those two. Uh, but to me, friendship and loyalty is just about that. It's not about political or religious views. I write hundreds of letters and notes every month. doesn't mean I agree with every single thing that every person thinks about politics, religion, or other subjects. But I have multiple friendships that are important to me, and that's what that was about. So... It's not about politics. It's about football. We got a huge game this week against a great football team, a great organization, and that's where it all is going forward on Seattle. All right, Coach, were you uh, happy or annoyed that Trump read the letter? Seattle. Well, your team's always been good at keeping outside distractions on the outside. Given the nature of this presidential race, Seattle. Did you find it? Seattle. Did you find it? Uh, Helpful to talk Seattle. to players about this. If any of your players talk to you about this, Seattle concerns about any locker room rancor as a result of this. Mm-hmm. Next. Good. Uh, Richard Sherman has stayed on primarily defensive left over the course of his career, but I know they do move him around quite a bit. Right. Yeah, they match him up against uh, Julio. That You know, I mean, he'll match up from time to time. Um, again, you know, it's a game plan thing with him. I'm sure they feel comfortable putting him on, you know, whoever they want to put him on if they feel like that's what they want to do. So, I mean, I think we got to be ready for him to match up, to not match up. Um, but, you know, he's a great player. I mean, obviously the great thing about him, among all things, uh, is – his ability to turn the ball over and the number of interceptions that he's had. He's got great ball skills, great hands, anticipation, awareness, and, um, you know, you, you just you got to be careful throwing the ball in his area, obviously, you know, because of his ability to, you know, to make plays and turn the ball over. But, you know, he's long, he's fast, he's very instinctive, um, and, you know, he's a big play player. Is it uh, is Julio the primary example of guys that they used in the shadow? Um, trying to think. I mean, you know, I'd say it's you know uh, two or three times a year. You know, I mean Fitzgerald, you know, plays a lot in the slot, um, and that's you know I, I don't really think that's really his. Not that he hasn't played in the slot. He does play in the slot, and when they go man coverage and the corners go over, he'll end up in the slot. So, I mean, it's not like he can't play there, but. You know, I think, for example, matching up against a guy like that who's more of an inside receiver doesn't seem like they're as excited about that as they were putting up against, you know, a perimeter player like like Jones. But, I mean, you know, we'll be ready for it. Was Russell Wilson moving as much outside the pocket as, as he did early in his career 
right now? Well, he can he can move when he wants to move when he needs to move. I think that's a big thing. I mean, he's not a guy who runs to run. He runs and makes plays. So if you don't contain him, if you don't control him, uh, if you let him extend the play, then you're basically looking for trouble. Uh, if you do, then you got to defend all the other things. But, um, you know, he, he's certainly capable of making plays in the pocket and out of the pocket. Um, and you've got to defend it. And again, I think when he runs, it's usually it hurts you because you don't have a defendant with it. It's a scramble for a first down or a keep off the running play or whatever it is. If you have a defendant, then he'll not run. And, you know, he, he just makes great decisions. I mean, he's a tremendous competitor. I have all the respect in the world for Russell Wilson, uh, both on and off the field. I mean, he's a tremendous player, a tremendous person. Um, I've had the opportunity to spend some time with him. He's, uh, you know, a very competitive guy. Great football player, and um, again, when you watch him play, he just makes good decision after good decision after good decision after good decision. You know, and that's that's really what you want a quarterback to do. Is he also is he also the kind of guy that will hold on to the ball to the last second as he? He'll do whatever he needs to do to win. I mean, whatever you need for him to do, he'll do it. Throw long, throw short, scramble, not scramble, take a hit. you know, whatever he needs to do, he'll he'll do whatever he needs to do to win. He's done that throughout his whole career, and he does it every week. It's very impressive. He just he does it every week. Did he look to you like he was moving better because they've been talking about knee and ankle? Um, I just look at him play out there, and I see him make a lot of plays. And you know, I mean, Buffalo's. You know, we just played Buffalo. I mean, they're that's a good football team. You know, I thought they played him well. I thought. You know, Russell and the offense moved the ball well, scored a lot of points, um, you know, against a good defensive team and a good defensive coach. And so um, he, he does what he needs to do. You know? so along those lines, um, having just been Buffalo, what are the similarities between Taylor and Wilson? Is there a benefit to having played Taylor twice? And beyond that, you mentioned he'll throw long. Is that a difference, too, in that he'll scramble, but also he still looks to throw deep downfield? Yeah, well, I think a lot of those guys that scramble do. I think that's one of the first things you got to – Really emphasize with your secondary is, you know, the quarterbacks out of the pocket. I mean, first things first, you got to take care of the deep ball, and then you got to take care of the the intermediate crossing scramble type routes. And then if he runs, at least you can come up and tackle him. But as soon as you come up and he puts it over your head, either to the intermediate guy or to the deep guy, you're going to give a lot more up a lot more yards. So, um, is it a benefit? I mean, it probably is. You know, I, I think they're, they're, both of those guys can run. They both can throw. Uh, they're both very dangerous out of the pocket. So, you know, the fact that we've worked against that, uh, you know, worked against uh, Newton in the preseason, practice for that. I mean, I don't think that experience hurts. Um, different players, a little different scheme. That You know, there's some differences. But, again, the fundamentals of keeping a quarterback in the pocket, scramble rules, um, you know, quarterback running, playing him like a running back when he has the ball, you know, knowing that he can break tackles and avoid guys and, you know, is just going to run and slide, you know, is, I mean, all those things are, um, you know, they're carryover points, coaching points. Yeah, sure. How big of a challenge has Jimmy Graham been this year? It seems like he certainly turned it around that year. Yeah, I mean, he's a great player. Um, does everything well, really. He's, he's good after the catch. He obviously has great hands. He's a tremendous red area and goal line type receiver. Uh, it can hurt you vertically. You got to be careful about giving him a lot of room because he can take a short play and turn it into a long run. Um, you know, kind of like the tight ends we have, they're never covered. Even when you're draped all over them, there's somewhere where they can reach the ball where the defender can't. Um, and Seattle has a quarterback that can put the ball where the defender can't reach it, and Graham can. 
uh, whether it's with one hand or two hands or whatever. So he's a, you know, he's a tough matchup. He's a very tough matchup. How would you assess the job that Allen Branch has done this year for you guys? Yeah, Allen's done a good job for us. You know, he's he's played uh, more plays, more snaps on a per game basis than he has uh, in the past. You know, we have a little bit of you know youth up there, and I think his experience and um, the number of plays that he's given us has been you know has been good. Uh, he's not only played a lot, but he's you know he's played in all three downs in, in multiple situations. Um, you know, and he's, he's done a good job for us. You mentioned the other day that uh, <clears throat> you guys have put a lot of effort and energy into uh, uh, soft tissue uh, injuries and how to prevent them and things like that. Uh, just in your 40 years in the league, wh- when did that start to really become a priority? What's kind of the history of that and how many advances maybe have been made in that area uh, more recently? Well, I'm a coach. I'm not a you know physical therapist, so I'm not really um, as familiar with that as you know, hundreds of other people you could talk to about that subject. Uh, I just know from a coaching standpoint uh, that all I see is what's on the field. You know, I don't examine a guy in a doctor's office or I don't look at a, you know, MRI scan or bone scan, you know, whatever it is. Like, I don't, so that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, You know, I just know what I see as, as a coach on the field, so... You know, and I've tried to learn more about um, injuries, preventing injuries, training, and so forth. Um, you know, I feel like our staff's done a good job of that, um, and we've made some made modifications based on some of their suggestions. But I still try to go on what I see and what I feel on the team, uh, and I'd say the other coaches that I've worked under um, adopted maybe a similar philosophy. I mean, whether that's right or wrong, you know, I don't know. I know there's a lot of different ways to do things. Uh, and, you know, we, we certainly have been progressive in trying to um, take some measurements and things like that to be more definitive with what, you know, a, a, an injury actually is or isn't as opposed to just, you know, eyeballing or how do you feel, that kind of feedback, but actually trying to measure it. So, you know, there's some things. So we've done a number of things like that. In the end, you kind of put it all together and, do what you think's best, but I mean, I don't, there's no like, I don't have any set formula for how all that works. Over the years, there's been a lot of movement between the Patriots and the Seahawks and players. Now you've got Branch, Pullman, it's not as much as has been the past, but do you notice that they look for similar traits in players that you guys do, or is it just a coincidence? Um, oh, I'm sure there's some similar traits. I think schematically, there are some. Definite differences. I mean, defensively, their scheme is, um, you know, Pete's really pretty much coached a similar scheme since when he was at Arkansas. So um, I don't think that's changed too much, but I say it's a little different than what our scheme is. But I think, you know, some of the fundamentals of players, uh, competitiveness, tackling, um, you know, things like that um, are, yeah, sure. I mean, players that fit into that category, I'm sure we like, Seattle likes, probably 30 other teams like. But, um, again, I'd say more of our our study of them has been, you know, less along those lines and more along just kind of overall how they put te- how they put a team together, how they, you know, build their roster, how they manage their roster, um, you know, things like that. You know, I don't think we're going to – run their defense. I don't think they're going to run ours. I don't think we're going to run their offense. I don't think they're going to run ours. But that doesn't mean that 
you know, there aren't some other similar characteristics. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, but I think schematically, you know, they're a West Coast based offense with, you know, read option and things like that. And that's not really what we do, but you know, they're good at what they do. We're good at what we do. So that's, you know, different, different ways of doing it. Since they have been a successful team, are you more apt to look at a player that they have on their roster? Well, again, I think it's got to be a fit, and I think that's kind of the main thing. You know, just to scoop up guys that have been on another team. I, I don't know if that's the answer. I think you know, if you have a either a need or you know you have a certain type of player that you're looking for on your roster, and that player fits those uh, qualifications, then you know that wouldn't matter whether that players from. Team X, Y, or Z, you know, I think you, you take the player based on how you feel like he'll do on your team, not what team he was on. Bill, a lot of people in this region have good memories about the last game with Seattle. Could you tell us a story about some good memories you have with your friend Donald Trump? Well, good, fun experience. Yeah, well, I could do a lot of that, but, you know, really we're just trying to focus on Seattle here. And, you know, that's, that's just a huge game for us this week. It's a great challenge. And, that's where all energy is going. Actually, one more quick question. The, uh, when you came in, when we were asking about the letter, you, you said just Seattle, not even on to Seattle. Is that because this was kind of noise that you created and you wanted to just squash it? This, this is where we are. It's Wednesday before Seattle. It's Seattle. Thank you. Whoa, look at the time. Bill Belichick there from earlier this morning uh, speaking to reporters. And uh, they pulled the old bookend on him, you know. Started him off, lulled him into a false sense of security with yep. Seattle questions, and yep. then boom, coming And then around. Mr. Carrots yeah. goes up a little bit with that question, in my eyes. Good question about the, the... Did you create this? Is that why you said it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good question. The squelching. Yeah. You know, and, and that was... And, and you know what? His answer? Good answer. Yeah. You know, because that's the theme of what he wants for his team. And I'm sure he addressed it in a locker room with them on Wednesday and said, look, you're going to be asked questions about this. Don't bother with it. All I want you to pay attention to is Seattle. That's all we should be be looking at. Mm-hmm. And now he may have gone and told them, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. Who knows? We don't know that. Right. But. You think he thinks that? I think he does, yeah. All right. I think, I, I think he thinks that. He, I think he thinks it because the media took it and ran, and he just wished the media wouldn't do that. And I think he thinks he gave he the media the, the opportunity. In other words, he gave the media the opportunity that he right exactly. You'd had be surprised on the night before the election. You'd be surprised. We got to take a break. Uh, right. We'll come back and talk about this more. Give these guys a call at 603-883-9900. It's ESPN New Hampshire. Every big sports moment can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Classic a shot. Down in front, picked up by Crosby. Lobbed down the ice. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. Flips to Jacobs. Three for the win. It's good. It's the three to Steps back, puts up a three, won't go, final seconds, it's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions, the Cavaliers are NBA champions! We've got it all here, this is ESPN New Hampshire. 
The bye week is over, and now the Patriots open the second half of the season with a big game against Seattle in Foxborough Sunday night. This is ESPN New Hampshire's Pete Terrier, inviting you to join me for a Bud Light Patriots viewing party at the brand new Buffalo Wild Wings inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. We'll have lots of prizes and giveaways, and someone watching the Pats at B-Dubs in Nashua is going home with an awesome Bud Light Patriots cooler. Buffalo Wild Wings, now serving you game day greatness inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. Is your business in search of commercial property? Garrison Glen Corporate Park, located in Exeter, New Hampshire, is a highly desirable suburban business park located just 10 minutes from Portsmouth. There are four lots remaining, ranging in size from approximately 10 to 20 acres. That's Garrison Glen Corporate Park in Exeter. Don't let this opportunity slip away. For more information and other property listings, visit CushmanandWakefield.com. CushmanandWakefield.com. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire deals page. You're welcome. Have you been putting off a home improvement project because your budget's a little tight? We'll put it off no longer. Nashua Wallpaper is your one-stop decorating center for cabinets, countertops, flooring, wallpaper, window treatments, and especially paint and supplies. Shop from their complete paint tool section and save big on brand names like Benjamin Moore and California Paints. Find out more at NashuaPaint.com. An ESPN Radio Extra Point. With Dan Lebetard and Stu Gatz. What did he do wrong by Wade? Got you him Shaquille O'Neal. Helped him win his first That's championship. I mean, give me a break. No, Wait, all I three can't of them. You there. No, no, no. I'm tired of it because it started with LeBron and the other two who can't think for themselves just decide, oh, hey, if LeBron's go. got a problem there with Riley, then now I'm going right, to have a problem on, with Riley. Let's get this cranked up. Hold I mean, on a geez. second. All right, hold on. Let's I'm go. I'm tired of this. All the right. three of them bashing Pat Riley. I mean, LeBron James hadn't won a single thing until Pat Riley was running the organization that he played for. And then Pat Riley was running the organization that he played for. And what happened? Four straight final appearances, two NBA championships, should have been a third NBA championship, but LeBron was terrified to post up J.J. Barea in that first season. And what did he do to Wade? Do you not know how a jack-in-the-box works? I'm Beth. I'm a service rep for Cintas, and I help businesses get ready. Ready for the unpredictable workday, bad weather, a sudden fire, or a rush of customers. Cintas is your source for fresh mats, crisp uniforms, cleaning programs, safety solutions, and fire protection. Will you be ready today? Get started at Cintas.com. Cintas, ready for the workday. All right, gentlemen, the time has come to look your best. Black Friday deals are here, so come into JCPenney now during our men's wardrobe sale and get 50% off select suit separates, sport coats, dress pants, and top coats. Pack on even more savings with an extra 20% off select items with your JCPenney credit card and coupon. The time to look your best is now during the JCPenney men's wardrobe sale. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon required. About 1110 to 1116. 20% offer subject to credit approval. Some exclusive apply. Check jcp.com for coupon and details. 
In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire Magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. We've got it all here on ESPN, on ESPN, New Hampshire. Christian and King, ESPN New Hampshire, streaming live on ESPNNH.com. Good to have you with us today. You know what was released on this day in 1993? Who was released? What was released. What was released. Yes. What was released on this day in 1993? Yeah, I'll give you a couple of guesses. I'll, I'll, first of all, I'll tell you it is a, uh, a piece of music. Okay. Not this piece of music, oh. <laughs> but this is the music that we'll play while you, while you think about it. 1993, what was released? A piece of music. This is, oh, uh, Michael Jackson was like the big, his, all his stuff was 10 years earlier. That was earlier than that, yeah. Yeah, it was earlier than that. I don't know, I got, you got me. I don't know. 1993, early 90s was like Madonna. Madonna was big in the early 90s. That That's was, true. You know? Madonna was big in the early 90s, but it's not Madonna. Yeah, all right. So. I'm surprised you don't know this. Uh, Justin, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, How on. old are you, Justin? What do you say? He was born in 94, so he missed, he missed it by a so year. he's 22? Yeah, he missed it by a year. Yeah, so. So, yeah, I guess he wouldn't know this. No, he wouldn't know it, no. And this may not help you either. But 25 years ago today, Enter the Wu-Tang came out. No Wu-Tang Clan's that. first album, Enter the Wu-Tang. Now, how am I supposed Enter the 36 Chambers. How am I supposed to know that? I mean, really? I thought you'd know I'm that. I'm not. Why, why do you think I would know that? I don't know that stuff. I just figured you would. I have I no, this is, I mean, I have no clue. Not, no clue at all. I None. thought you were a big Wu-Tang fan. No. No? No. Tang Woo-Hoo? Who? Woo-Woo? Wu-Tang No, I don't know this. The RZA, the Jizza, Method Man, Inspect the Deck, and Ghostface You're Killer. You're making me Jizza. And Raekwon, <laughs> and You God, who I don't really I like, know. but you the rest me? of those got Master Kill, I don't really like either, but the rest of them, some of the best rappers ever, Tom. I'm trying to think happy thoughts today. <laughs> I bet Trump knows it, though. Actually, uh, you know Martin Scarelli? Martin Scarelli. He's that pharmacist guy, that young guy who, like, raised the prices on that AIDS yeah. medication or whatever. Yeah, and he know, yeah. went on TV, and he's being a real, you know, he, like, testified in front of Congress, and he's just no. a real. He bought the Wu-Tang Clan. Well, the guy, anyway, he's, he's a millionaire. He bought the Wu-Tang Clan's unreleased album, and he, like, held it, and he won't let anyone listen to it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But I think he streamed it since <laughs> Trump won. At least 25, uh, no. <laughs> 25 years ago today. You know, I'm thinking Mary Poppins, you know. <laughs> Sound of music. I don't I have no idea. You know? Yeah. Oh, my God. And 85 years ago today, 
There you go. Thank you, friends. Now we get closer to my era. Yes. And now let me introduce the Market Street Quartet. <laughs> okay, it's enough. Uh, 603-883-9900 is your phone number. 883-9900. You can text in at 845-827-1250. Oh, boy. Here on Christian and King. Texter says, Christian, look on the bright side. When the Patriots win the Super Bowl, you know Brady's going to be going to the White House. That's true. You know, they'll all be there. Oh, yeah, no kidding. I no know. one's skipping that one. No, I, oh, that would be funny. I'll say this. It would be funny if they did. That would be funny. <laughs> if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, Trump's going to throw them a real party, I bet. Oh, yeah, you kidding me? I mean, me? it's not going to be he that normal. Par- he might have a parade fancy, fancy, we all wear our suits and take a picture on the line. No, Trump's going to turn it up, I bet. Oh, yeah, oh, it's yeah, It's going to sure. be lit up on that White yeah, House. Oh, yeah, line. no kidding. They are going to, it's going to be, I mean. Yep, no, he'll, well, he'll do, be a, women he'll do a lot and, of, you know, oh, yeah, he'll do a lot of things It's going to be a whole there. thing, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no doubt about it. Definitely. My God. I don't know Inaugural. if that makes me. I don't know if that makes me want the Patriots to win or lose. Here's the thing. I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> this this is the one scene I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. Is the State of the Union or yeah what yeah the State of the Union address or whatever it is? No, it's the State of the Union usually. But I don't know what for a new president who's elected. I guess it's whatever first speech he gives to Congress when he's going to walk down that aisle. And they all stand up and cheer? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I cannot imagine that. I know. I cannot imagine these people cheering for him as he's walking down there. Half of them, you know, denounced him. You know, I, I don't know. I just can't believe it. By the way. You know what? I, well, Here's the other thing, too. Yeah. Right? Has Bob De Niro left the country yet? Not just him. Oh, but the, there's a long list of people who swore they'd leave the country. Oh, no, I'm not talking about just swearing they'd leave the country. The stuff he has in that ad. Oh, my God. Mm. I mean, yeah. Good Lord. It was just it's the most insulting things you ever could say about anybody. I know. But that's what Trump did to everybody else. No, but this was bad. I mean, this was really, really, he's a pig, he's a this, he's a that, he's a this, you know. Trump said those things. Oh, yeah, but I... I not, Trump, during, not during the campaign. Trump almost, to me, some of that stuff was comedy. And I don't mean it in a way. I'm a sure a lot way, of it is. In a crass way. But I don't think but he's De some Niro, genius. No, but De Niro... Whoa. De Niro's an actor. He was but I've never his... seen... No, but I've never seen... You, you'd say our country would be in terrible shape, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he went down and dirty. It was... Oh, I don't know if we can ever get a No, hold of I that. can't play that, but yeah. Yeah, I it mean... Was like, it, was... it was a verbal equivalent of that scene in Goodfellas where they're like, keep him here in the shine box, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah, right. Yep. And they just basically stomped that guy. And yeah. Said, Holy hell, and then... Uh, it was yeah. just unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. Believable, yeah, you know, yeah, it really was. Oh, but but I mean, but the scene of him going down the aisle and everybody, you know, and even high, oh, you know, and all that stuff. I don't, I don't see it. I can see him walking down the aisle, and as he passes each person, each person blows. Yeah, his out. yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> now he's throwing a finger at all of them. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> all the way. Down. I mean, it just doesn't. I don't know. I mean, look. Four years from now, my guess is he's going to be much different. He's going to walk down the aisle and everybody's going to drink a thing of Kool-Aid like Jonestown. He's going to <laughs> he's going to start a speech. And thunk. He's going to find out, you know, that this is just, you know, 
something. He's going to find out what this is going to be like. No, you know who's really going to find out? Mike Mike Pence. Jeez. Mike Pence is going to have to make a lot of decisions oh. that I don't think he was prepared to make. No, I'm sure. That's going to be interesting. You know? Although Mike Pence is a politician. He's a governor. I know. He's a governor of a state. Right. You know, he can handle it. He can handle Donald Trump because he's the governor of a state? No, no, but he can handle having to be thrust into a role in case he has to take over? I'm just saying. No, well, having to take over is fine, but I'm oh. saying like in terms of his working relationship with, with Donald Trump, President-elect Trump, I think, is going to be... Unlike anything, I mean this this whole thing is unlike anything we've ever. Well, seen. where's Mike? Uh, he's in the he's in his office. Doors locked. <laughs> yeah, and deadbolt. What's that click I hear? <laughs> oh man! Let's uh, take a call. Six zero three eight eight three ninety nine hundred. Allison Goff's down. Hi Al. Hi guys, how you doing? Al Spiffy. Hey, Ducky. Uh, one thing I want to say, guys. Uh, whoever built Belichick or Tom Brady uh, support, I think, makes no difference. To most of us, not only sports fans, but voters, uh, right. they can say whatever they want. Uh, I, I could care less about that, and I think I talked for most people. I, I Well, I agree. I agree. The I think if you're a football writer and you're covering this team, the one thing you do want to know, though, is, you know, the players. See, Trump is so polarizing that you wonder if some of the players are looking at Belichick and lose respect for him because of that support. Certainly. That's that's the one thing that the writers who cover this team as football writers, not the you know, the how not the entertainment guy, the housing guys, the news guys, whatever, who who were down there to do their job too, but that's the one thing as a writer who covers this team, you want to know. Because this is right. such a different election. Yeah, and they already might not be too thrilled with him after this Jamie Collins thing. I mean, they're... This That's is... just it. See, this these two weeks, yeah. they took the bye week, and they blew it up. You they know what just... usually happens during the bye week? Nothing. Players. Something happens with the players. Yeah. This was all Belichick. Yeah. He Bel- trades Collins, he trades and then he Collins endorses and then Trump he endorses the night Trump. before the election. Yeah, it, it, it's a double Belichick whammy. Belichick was the problem guy in the bye week It's this a time. double whammy. That's really, I mean, you know, that's we've amazing. talked about this. But, I mean, look. If bad gonna, things happen in the bye week. You, you've said that. Yeah, but you know what? Here's this the thing. This time it was Bill. He was the bad thing that happened Here's in the, the thing, week. though. If you're going to trade Collins, you're going to trade Collins. It doesn't matter when they do it. It's going to cause a stir. Right. You know? But so, still, still did. But you're right, though, Al. I mean, a lot of people don't care. Al hung up. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. we got to take a break. 603-883-9900. Al hung up on me. <laughs> we'll be right back. We've got it all here on ESPN. On ESPN. New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Stelchik with Elise Jolly from Merrimack High School. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your activities at school? I am a part of the Merrimack Volleyball Select. I'm on the swim team and the track and field team in the spring. I do student council. What would you say the swim, lacrosse, basketball, track and field have in common? Anything? <laughs> the team atmosphere experiences you have with each team within and the sport you find between the what is it like to know that you're leaving your school, that you've been so involved in with your friends and all your activities, to know that you're going to be leaving that? Are you excited or are you nervous? Like, it's exciting to see what else the world has to offer and what else is out there. But at the same time, having to like, leave your comfort zone and throwing yourself out there is a little nerve-wracking because you built so much in. Like, I'm going to be different. To, like, just... Elise, where are you looking at going to school? Playing volleyball at the University of Delaware in New York. So I'm really excited to be down there. I'm looking at... Maybe doing 
recently on like biology and the biological sciences and and who would you say has influenced you the most in your academics I would say that my siblings I have both four older siblings and one of them my brother James has definitely led me to be who I am today um, and Tammy Lambrell because she has been there for me for the past five years that was Elise Jolly Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month for October nominate your son or daughter sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com with six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gate video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Bedford's going to hang on and the Bulldogs celebrate in mass. This weekend's Division I semifinal matchup between Bedford and Merrimack is the most anticipated rematch of the season. We want to play Bedford, but to be honest, it doesn't matter who we play. It's just one more stepping stone to get to the ship. Will Bedford maintain their undefeated status and march on to UNH, or will Merrimack survive and earn the right to play for a championship? Our Friday Night Lights Game of the Week, presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers, begins Saturday at noon, only on ESPN New Hampshire, sponsored in part by Nashua Marine. Hi, I'm Liz. Welcome to Lowell Jewelry and Loan. The economy is pretty rough right now, and if you're looking for a short-term loan, banks aren't making it any easier. Sometimes it can take up to 60 days to get approved. That's crazy! We truly are in the business to lend money and put cash in your hands instantly. Bring in any item and we'll give you cash. We also give you four months before making your first payment. Call or come see us today. Our reputation is impeccable. Lowell Jewelry and Loan on Merrimack Street. I needed to lose in order to realize how much I wanted to win. From Tom Brady, Michael Strahan, and Gotham Chopra comes a new documentary series that explores the impact of sports. The fans are evangelical. In a whole new way. This is what I was put on this earth to do. Religion of Sports, an AT&T original series, premieres Tuesday, November 15th at 8 on Audience, DirecTV Channel 239, and Uverse Channel 1114. We've got it all here on ESPN, New Hampshire. Back here, Christian and King. We'll hear from Tom Brady. In the 2 o'clock hour, Brady didn't speak for as long. He spoke about half as long as uh, Bill did today, but longer than usual, about eight and a half minutes. He's usually like more in the five, six-minute range, but it was a little longer today and uh, answered some questions about Trump and uh, consent, a little bit of a consent issue in the uh, in the exchange there. Listen, I, I'm not buying the whole, we didn't, th- you know, I, I'm not buying the whole thing. I, I, I think that they were kind of... I think Trump, I what, are you, Trump what are you saying? I don't know if Trump is completely honest about all that. Oh, I asked him and he sent me another letter and everything else. I well, just, that certainly sounded like I, I, BS. I, yeah, I just wonder about all that, you know? So I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's no just one's the way denying Trump is. It. But here's the thing. This is the worst thing of Trump getting elected. It made Kurt Schilling look good. 
<laughs> it made Kurt Schilling look brilliant. <laughs> no kidding. He was the only one in the oh, world. Oh my god! That had an electoral map that actually looked like the electoral map. Oh my god! He's like, you know what Kurt Schilling was like? He's like the lady in the office who put, fills out the perfect the, NCAA bracket. Yeah, because who doesn't know anything about basketball? Yeah. And just writes it all in. Oh, my in God. And now you can guarantee he's going to go up against uh, Lizzie Warren. He's now. still going to lose to Liz Warren because Massachusetts, I mean, that wasn't close. But I'm not calling anything anymore. I really don't know anything you know, anymore. Either, I'm not yeah. calling it. I'm not saying this or that. Not a thing. You know? Yeah. Uh-uh. No how, no way. You know? The only thing I'm calling is I'm going to have a sip of this water right now. I it's can not predict just, that. It's not just Kurt Schilling. I mean, it's all of them. But but Schilling was just, I mean, Schilling sounded yeah. like an idiot. An idiot. Yeah. You know? So it just was, you know, and, and boy, now he sounds like Einstein. I know. Put him on CNN and make him a political analyst. <laughs> oh, boy. Put on his best uh, throwback Steelers jersey. Oh, is that what he was wearing? A dirty camouflage hat, so he looks like one of those dudes who took over the bird sanctuary in Oregon. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. Mm. Mm, Big mm, day mm. for those guys. Oh, sure. Big day for a lot of, you know, a lot of yokels, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. You know who I partially blame for all of this? I blame... I can't believe... I shouldn't even say this. Oh, go ahead. I didn't do it. <laughs> no, not you. I don't blame you. A lot of, not all of it, but I think a substantial portion of the blame for John Farrell <laughs> for for the galvanization of the other side and for the rise of Trump and for everything else. I think was because there's a real sense of entitlement. I think among young people in certain pockets of the country on college campuses everywhere yeah. you're seeing these protests and these. You know, free speech just getting shut down by these people who refuse to let conservative speakers come and speak on their campus and sort of this idea that if you're not on the right side, then you don't get to have a voice. And if you're not if you're not with us, then you don't get to speak, you know, and that's and that's a real thing. I mean, there's been countless examples of that around the country. And I think that it's something that really resonated with people who felt like that was going against them. And they said, well, we'll show you. Young, you know, we'll get out there and vote. We're the we're the old people. Old people vote, you know. Right. We'll be, we'll be there. You going to be there? Because if you're not, we're going to beat you. And you I think what? there was a real us versus them between sort of that section of the because those be their so voices you, was heard. So who year. you blaming? The college kids? I'm blaming the social justice warriors a little bit. Yeah, I think the youngins. Yeah, I am the youngins actually. Yep. Not all of them, obviously. I mean, a lot of people go out there with good intentions, and they want to make a positive change, and that's fine. But some of them go out there, and they are full-on you know, fascist about their beliefs and what True. other people should think and how you should, how you should talk, and they're eating. You know, they go after their own kind, and it's just, I mean, it's a really, it's a really unpleasant way to live your life. Well, and I this think whole, that this whole, yeah, this their whole, voices, they're loud. That's the thing. The squeaky wheel gets the, you know. This they, whole campaign they, was unpleasant. This whole thing was unpleasant. Yeah. You know, but that was, but again, I told you the, 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 the tip off to me, even though New Hampshire voted for Hillary, the, the numbers you read to me in, off the air about how more people voted in the senatorial election. Yeah, which more Hassan people won. voted for Hassan and, and Ayat than voted for Combined, the two presidential than, candidates. Combined, than, than voted for the two presidentials, yeah. right? So that means that a lot of people went in there and they didn't believe in either presidential candidate, so they didn't vote it. They left it blank. Mm-hmm. All right? And... But again, the tip off to me was, you know, I mean, you know, 
no one did Trump win New Hampshire or did Hillary? Uh, Hillary won. Hillary won New Hampshire. I believe, yeah. All right, okay. But the tip off to me was that just there wasn't long lines. At, uh, you know, no, there weren't. You know, and that's just there it. are two hundred and thirty-one million five hundred and fifty-six thousand six hundred and twenty-two eligible voters in the United States. <laughs> yep. Popular, but it's just the total grand total. Twenty-five point six percent of that number voted for Clinton. Twenty-five point five percent voted for Trump. One point seven voted for Johnson. And 46.9% did not vote. Yeah, that's huge. That's that huge. is huge. That's huge. Now, was, the, now was, was there that lack of turnout in the Obama elections? I'm wondering about that. I think there was not. I think there was... I think there was more turnout, especially the first one. There was a huge turnout. Certainly, yeah. Okay. And as for the uh, New Hampshire Senate race, 353,978 people voted for Maggie Hassan. 346,816 people voted for Hillary Clinton. So that's about 7,000 more voted for Hassan than Clinton. Kelly Ayotte got 353,262 votes, which, by the way, tells you that this race was under 1,000 votes different. Mm-hmm. It's one of the closest races I've yeah, ever that, seen. That leads me to believe there might be a recount. There might be, yeah. You know, I mean, if I was Ayotte, I would They've ask They've got 100% reporting, but, I mean, it might be if close were, enough. If I were Ayotte, it would 700 votes, I think you'd, you'd recount I think it. if it's close enough, then they have to do it. I th- Yeah, I don't know. It triggers I, automatically. That I, I, that I don't know. Uh, Kelly Ayotte got about 8,000 more votes than, than Donald Trump. Than Donald Trump, right. Combined, it was about 15, 16, a little more than that thousand more votes cast in the New Hampshire Senate race than cast in the presidential election. How's that grab you? You're asking me to read this? Me? With what, my eyes? What does it say? Trump had, this is Justin gave it to us, Justin uh, Bastinelli. Uh, Trump had one million less than, than McCain and two million, we talked about this before, two million less than Romney. Mm-hmm. And Clinton had seven million less than Obama. Yeah. So that tells you how many people didn't come out to vote. Yeah. And that's why she lost. It is. That's why she that's lost. That's what happened. You know? Mm-hmm. So because those people who didn't vote would rather lose. It can happen. <laughs> we gotta take a break. Uh six oh three eight eight three ninety nine hundred. We'll hear from Tom Brady next hour. It's Christian and King. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River and Heritage Walking Trails, the Bedford Green offers some of the largest floor plans in the area with a convenient location only minutes from Manchester. Bedford Green is the town's newest luxury living address featuring granite counters, stainless steel appliances, natural light and spacious layouts, and offers easy accessibility to restaurants, shopping, and all the major highways. Visit BedfordGreenNH.com. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager, to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. 